basically what is up witches happy witchy wednesday it's leah canauer and rachel laforest your basic witches and today we are joined by a beautiful soul wind song she is a musical activist Mm -hmm. you heard that right a musical activist using her music to heal the world as she is a sex trafficking survivor herself She has an incredible story and her strength is so strong and it was such a joy to talk to her. She brought so much pleasure into balance, Mm -hmm. which will make sense to you at the end of the episode. (laughs) Um, You are definitely going to love it. And also we've been doing a lot of really fun podcast episodes, like guesting on other podcasts lately. Um, And one that was super fun was Dope Ass Mom. Yeah. Dope Ass Podcast with the dope ass mom. That's right. It's another soul fire show. So after you listen to this episode, go and check out dope ass podcast. It's a land where dope ass mom helps grownups all over the world. Remember life is too short to take yourself too seriously. Ever feel like you have to fit inside a stuffy box while Andrea Levoff is helping you break free with her opinionated wit and charm in a show where nothing is off limits. She tackles changing diapers, spirituality, and MILF bodies without skipping a beat. So before you skip this episode, don't play this episode through, then go check that out. And when all of that's done, take a bath. And then after that, (laughs) go follow us on Instagram at basic witches at Rachel LaForest and at Leah Knauer, uh, where we've got tons of goodies. We've got links to our Patreon where you can actually connect with us Mm -hmm. and chat with us and we'll pull cards for you. And we have new merch. I'm actually rocking our get lit, Witches sweatshirt right now. So get our swag, join our Patreon and just connect with us and enjoy this fucking amazing episode with wind song i'm so excited to be here with you wind song you have so much to tell and so much to sing to the world (laughs) (laughs) thank you i'm excited too thanks so so you're in dallas right yep i'm in dallas texas Texas, on my way to austin oh you're moving there Mm -hmm. cool i want to go to austin so bad oh my gosh come same it's on my list really yeah okay well you guys will definitely have to come i my partner has bought a 0.3 acre piece of property and we've got a 200 square foot container a yurt and another 200 square foot guest bedroom oh my gosh gosh. incredible are you doing a shipping container Yep. That's exactly it. Oh my gosh. My partner and I looked into that hard. Like we were really dreaming about that for a what minute. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, Leah probably does not know. Um, so it's um, a way to build yourself a tiny home and you get a, you know, you picture like a huge giant, what would ship on an actual ship or a train, like a shipping container, like giant metal. And you can like cut into the metal and make your own windows. And, you know, people, it's kind of like a whole revolution. People are doing this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is that what you're going to do with it? 
Yep, we've got um, big windows. We're going to have a little bathroom and a small living room and a kitchen. And then I will have like what you see here, basically the recording studio in my own little shed on the property. Just basically kind of get trying to tap back into our ancestral roots where we're spending more time outside, less time indoors, um, and just hopefully cut costs a little bit and not Mm. have to pay rent or a mortgage. (laughs) Right. And um, what what does that do for you screen-wise? Will you still be like, you know, on screens, just given the day and age we live in? Probably a lot now that we're in the pandemic era, a lot of my profession is online. So um, I am online a lot. I do a lot of social media stuff, but it will be so nice. I'll probably be less inclined to be on a screen once I'm out, like in the nature. Yeah. (laughs) I just moved into a tiny home of my own. Yeah. It's a small like studio cottage and I am learning how to downsize and like minimalize and make things fit and it's fucking hard that's gonna be so good for you Leah for your mind because they really say like when you get a tiny home you minimalize and then your mind clears and you appreciate things more yeah 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 I'm excited. Not that I didn't appreciate things before, but like everything that you keep has to be special when you live in a smaller place. Mm -hmm. It's so intentional. My partner has been pointing out to me recently, like he's just been using that phrase a lot. Like you're so intentional, you know, witchcraft and everything's intentional. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really thought about it like that before, but I kind of feel like that is a big part of witchcraft. It's like just having a reason behind the things you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mindset. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you identify as a witch when song? (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) I called you out like a real witch. (laughs) My late grandpa is a past, was a Baptist preacher actually. So witchcraft, I really was not allowed. Like I wasn't allowed to watch Sabrina. I couldn't watch Wishbone because there was like time traveling. I know. So oh, I grew up really Wishbone. Me too. Wishbone was great. I did too. That was my jam. Um, Christian, I was involved in a Christian upbringing. So that was like very taboo. But as I've kind of tapped into, um, I'm really big into Native American tradition and just getting connected with nature. And I realized like, I am a witch. My ancestors were witches, <laughs> you know. Um, I follow like a lot of pagan traditions. Mm. My my name is pagan based. So mm. um, it's very like, yeah, I don't come out and say like, oh, I'm a witch. Cause I think my mom would just have a total heart attack, but <laughs> I definitely do resonate with, with the term. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does a witch mean to you? To me, it just means exactly like Rachel was saying, being, um, intentional, um, using your words and your actions to create spells and to manifest. Um, I like to take it a step further. I manifest on behalf of myself, but also the community and the world. Mm-hmm. So that tries to like direct me a little bit, you know, not just like, all right, a Ben's Lord, like, you know, <laughs> a little bit more, um, direct with those prayers, but also being in tune with nature and being connected, um, Um, to the cyclical rhythms of the moon and what mama earth is saying um Mm. that to me is witchcraft Mm -hmm. (laughs) so how rachel and i both connect with growing up in the christian home so how did you find your way out of that would you say you found your way out of that what was that process like 
This is very interesting. Um, I did not really identify with the church, so to speak. So because of that, I kind of put God on the back burner as well um, and did end up making like a full circle after getting involved in my community, which is primarily like hippies, a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, and I realized like, oh, God and nature, and it's all the same. There's no dogma about it. Like mm -hmm. really, That's human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it became this inner, you know, once I also studied Buddhism for a period, and I was like, once people die, they become one with the cosmos. So I can believe mm. that Jesus is in my heart because he's dead. So he's everything now. And I can get with that, but nothing other than like spirit and creation itself is my Lord. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of like patri um, what's it called? Like patriarchal. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I don't need a man. You know? mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and well, that leads me back to a question I wanted to ask earlier, going back to your name, because part of the patriarchy is the passing of the male name in, in Western culture. And um, I mean, was your name some, you said it comes from pagan tradition. Can you just tell us the, the journey of your name? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been singing my whole life ever since I was a small child. I feel like that's a way that spirit moves through me. And um, it was actually in an ayahuasca ceremony that my voice, I used to only do it for myself and like my family. It was a very private practice. And my voice just burst through in the medicine. And it was this huge, I don't know if you can tell, I mean, but I'm like 95 pounds. I'm about five, two. So I'm this little teeny little human. And this huge, someone described it as like a large black woman soul came from my body and was like, wow. oh. So actually at the end of the ceremony, the ayahuasca shaman was like, your name is wind song. And I was so intimidated. I was like, okay, that was my first time singing in front of anybody like that. I don't, so I wasn't immediate. Like I wasn't like, everybody call me wind song. It was something I kind of grew into and I grew a relationship with over the years. And I realized like, wow, like, yes, this power that moves through my voice is bigger than just me. Mm. Who, who is wind song? Like what, what does that mean to you? What does that embody? To me, it's just that the word words have power and that God creates through our spoken word and just the truth, the power of truth through our word. And even if it's scary and it kind of like racks your body to say and speak up, it's, it's an alchemy. It's a medicine mm. when we do it intentionally. So that it's just a constant reminder. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and so and your music is a big part of your spiritual practice because of what you've been through. And you, you told us about that. Could you tell us our listeners about your story? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm a survivor of human trafficking, which is um, typically when people hear human trafficking, they think, oh, India, red light district, you know, mm -hmm. they think um, Thailand. You know, yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. sex slavery is not here in America. We're free and that's not a thing. But as a matter of fact, Dallas is the second largest city in the country for human trafficking. And the age, the general age of trafficked girls is 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So um, there are over 400 women a night that are rescued from the streets here. And for me to have survived that, I feel extremely privileged um, because not very many women do. And I felt, you know, God, I say God, cause that's just how I identify, but spirit creation, whatever it was, um, 
kind of came onto my heart and was like, you're going to tell this story one day and you're going to help people like you Mm -hmm. um, to have hope and to know that they have a purpose outside of their sexual identity. Um, And that has just led me on a really vast journey of sexual exploration and learning how to channel that life force energy into sacred sexuality, but also creativity. I so relate on the latter of what you said, the um, like creativity and sex, sacred sexuality. Like you're talking sacral chakra, second mm-hmm. chakra, everything. Yeah. Which is like really a huge area of energy for me as a double Scorpio. I'm like, I'm just living and breathing like sacral <laughs> well, chakra and how all the, the pussy time. is connected to the voice too. It's not mm. a surprise that this is all connected for you literally mm. singing about sacred sexuality. It's like mm. all tied. Uh, absolutely. Mm. I know that because I did a project on sex slavery in Thailand when I was in high school and it was a year-long project and it was just traumatizing horrible and then I learned like a year later that that it does happen in America because we're not told that people like America's great there's nothing wrong here it's only the third world countries but but actually during the Super Bowl it's the highest percentage of sex trafficking in America and people don't talk about that they literally bring girls to the cities wherever they're doing the Super Bowls and exploit them yeah and it's horrible yeah and it's like i mean as a survivor have you and this is not your job by any means but i'm just curious if your spirit or brain or heart has thought about what what do you see as like a brighter future or a solution to any of that is there anything like what actually i have a guess your music is part of that Yes, absolutely. The the music is, for me, the music is like a a healing balm for the Mm. wounds that I've experienced. And I work with a lot of women who have sexual trauma. And so for me, that's something I can give back. Um, But honestly, the big thing was um, reaching at-risk youth in our city. Um, I worked with homeless children. There's a a family shelter in our area. And I did music, meditation, expressive arts with them. We would do a sharing circle where we'd each say our name and how we're feeling. And I found that just that genuine like check-in, even though I was with them only about two hours once a week, um, just that genuine checking in with their sweet souls. I saw kids that had a lot of behavior issues, violence, mm-hmm. um, anger that would just transform into these wonderful angels of service and just wanting to help. And I found that, you know, when you're in poverty, there's very few resources for you available on the streets for survival. And that was my case as well as a teen. You know, I didn't have any other option. I didn't have a mentor that was telling me, hey, you know, you can invest in your art, invest Mm in your body, invest in your health. Um, And so I found that really um, reaching the youth was the key to feeling like I was making some kind of significant change in the community. That is incredible. Like, I'm so grateful to you for doing that. Thank you. I want to be very respectful to you. You don't have to share anything that you don't want to, but I'm curious if you could tell us 
how it happened, what it, what it really is. You know, we were talking about what it, what people think sex trafficking is. So what is it really? And how can someone be on the lookout for it? Mm. Yeah. Very good questions. Um, for me, I was at risk in the fact that, um, the guy who lured me into trafficking, I was in a psych ward after a suicide Mm. attempt. Mm. So I was already very vulnerable. Mm. Um, and this was at the time it was a white male who was close to my age. And he was just like, we can get you out of your dad's house. We can rescue Mm. you. So at first I did not know (laughs) what was in store for me. I had no idea. I just knew that, hey, this could be an out, a way out of my my parents' house. So um, who picked me up was a 40-year-old black male who had a history of trafficking, um, beginning with an underage minor, which I didn't know at the time. Um, And I was actually held captive for a number of days without food or water. And the marijuana that I was given to smoke was laced with opioids. So that's how initially, yeah, initially that's how they kind of... And I know this isn't the case for everybody, but in my case, it was definitely how they got me to a desperate enough level Mm -hmm. to agree um, to what they were doing. And so um, day four rolls around. I'm like, I'm hungry. I want to go home. And they're like, okay, well, if you want to go home, you have to work for your money. And I noticed that some of the men there appear to be drug dealers. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be, you know, this little girl from Allen, Texas, and I'm just going to deal drugs. And they're like, no girl, you're going to um, just come with us. So they did the whole time. It was kind of like in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until there was another girl my age there who was the one that had been trafficked since she was underage. So she was already had been in the game and was going along with it. So that's who I was looking to kind of were like, is this safe? And so I kind of just went along with it and they took us to an abandoned apartment and they, there were two Hispanic clients that I guess had um, worked with this other gentleman who is the pimp, I guess. And they sold us for $30 and just, I honestly <laughs> don't remember how I really felt because I was so disassociated. Of I was course, so, you like, left. afraid. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I was just kind of like, I got to do what I got to do. Um, and the man was saying, Hey, this isn't something you're not already doing. Like this is already happening to you anyway. It's talking about men, like wanting you for sex, right? They're like, this is something that's already happening. So you might as well make money from it. Um, so that was uh, making you making you think you're choosing it. That's like inception. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Manipulation. It's total gaslighting. Yes. Right? It's something that stuck with me. I was like, Oh, I guess it gave me this like pseudo empowerment about it. Yeah. Um, and so after that first time I was like, I've got to make a plan to get out of here because this is not where I want to be. It's not what I want to be doing. So I eventually <laughs> convinced Oh, and the other girl that was with me, she got to keep the money that she earned because she had earned a kind of a loyalty with the guy, um, but I did not. So it was very evident from the beginning that I'm working for you <laughs> for the mere purpose of survival. Um, 
And so I convinced him, I was like, hey, I have an idea. There's a sushi restaurant by a hotel. We have to take the train, but if we go there, I can get clients. And really all I was trying to do was to get closer to my hometown and where my parents were living because I thought if I could get close enough, I could just escape. But um, this guy really obviously had been doing this for a while and did not leave me any time alone to formulate that plan. So one day when he was in the shower, I just ran, like I ran and ran and ran to a gas station and I ended up calling the police on myself because I like, I thought I was going to jail, but I was like, I'd rather go to jail than do this stuff. So um, when the police officer picked me up, I was in such a dissociative state. He thought I was schizophrenic. I could not talk. I couldn't make eye contact with him. I was, I I had pneumonia. My face was really bloated because I'd been on the street. Um, and so after I got cleared at a psych ward, after a good night of sleep, I called the cop again and I was like, here's the story. Here's what happened to me. And he did take me to a safe house, um, (sighs) which is where I donate all of my funds. Now, hundred percent of my musical proceeds go towards the safe house. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. They do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you, sister. I know. It is like... You're saving so many women and that's part of my mission too. And it means so, Mm. so much to me what you're doing. It means everything to me what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I really feel like what, what the hell would be the purpose of all that pain if it wasn't to tell the story to help other women like myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I, just, this is why women are amazing. Yeah. So incredible. Exactly. And in the music industry, you know, a lot of it is for profit. It's for Mm -hmm. the ego. And so um, Mm -hmm. it's already hard enough for women to make it in the industry. So I kind of was just like, man, I'm successful at this. I have a good career. So let's just bring it all back to helping people. Mm. It's been amazing. I've raised over $15,000. I mean, to date, I would say it's closer to 20,000 for this. Oh my God, that's amazing. A lot of musicians don't even make that, you know, like (laughs) success on so many levels because you're healing the world too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like spiritually, like spiritually, Mm -hmm. I feel so I've survived countless near death experiences. I have a heart condition, as you can Mm -hmm. see here oh um, i hadn't noticed yeah, your cleavage right yeah no i have like very tiny boobs yes i have a um i had aorta reconstruction when i was 14 and i actually survived two heart attacks at the age of 24 oh my um, gosh so i feel like this like sharing abundance in this way affords you miraculous <laughs> provision in yeah. a lot of ways and I'm huge. I'm so passionate about sharing. A lot of people are like, oh, I, I want to make money off my music. Or I want to make money off. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's money, but then there's also like a life-giving currency that occurs when we're of service to other people. Oh, totally. That That's flow. So beautiful. And you're, you're such an example. And I've been on, I'm not really a crier. I've been on the verge of tears Aww. the whole time that you've been telling the story. Cause you're so fucking strong and it's just horrible what you've been through. And it's beautiful that you're able to make change and love out of it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. It really, I really have to give it back to creator, you know, like whatever you Mm. believe in. I tell people this all the time, as long as you can imagine something better for yourself, it's possible. And if you put that out, speak that out. I mean, that's what I did. I was like, God, we're not friends right now, but (laughs) if you show me that this was for a reason, Mm. I will continue to live this life because otherwise Mm. I'm too much. This is not something I wish on anybody. So just yeah. to have that prayer be answered over the years is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So you went to the safe house and then um, talked to the cop and then how, how did things kind of happen after that? They, I did end up filing a police report. I didn't get any um, I'm assuming they rearrested. They had already had criminal records and the woman that he was trafficking in addition to myself mm. had been trafficked since she was a minor and she had been arrested a number of times. So I'm praying that something good happened of that. But yeah. to mm. be honest, I don't have a lot of faith in the justice system. I don't see that as justice. Mm. I think that these people need counseling. They need therapy. They need resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually now have have a lot of compassion for my abuser because I feel like what kind of, you know, desperation did he have to be in to choose to do this to mm-hmm. women? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of forgiveness and compassion for him, but that is why I choose heavily to focus on my relationship with the children in the community mm-hmm. to ensure that these little boys don't grow up to, to be like this. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, spoken straight out of my heart. Like I feel the same. I've since day one had empathy for my attacker along with a million other emotions, but right. empathy through the whole process, because, because when you see that and experience like the look in that person's eyes when they're hurting you or, or, um, putting you through fear intentionally. It's like, you know, when you're empathetic, like, you know, that something went so horribly wrong in their life that led them to there. Yes. Like, and what I have now learned firsthand because my case did get justice. One of my sexual assault cases, um, the relationship sexual assaults that I've had by two past partners, of course, no justice happened because it's like in your case where they convince you to say yes, in a way, like you think you're choosing something, but in my sexual assault with a complete stranger, I did go through the, the quote justice process and Mm -hmm. he's in prison. And it's like, it's not justice right? because what did we fucking change? Sorry. I get really pissed about it because that's one of the other emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck did we change? What did I go through all of this for? If he just gets locked away and doesn't get help, like Mm -hmm. in his mind, Mm -hmm. we're just, Oh God, I just fucking hate the the prison system and the quote justice system Mm -hmm. that's set up in this country. Mm-hmm. And I it's think set that's up to fail. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's set up to like, to make you, profits for certain yeah. people. And what do you think he's doing in that prison cell? He's thinking, Oh, I need to treat women better. No, he's freaking pissed at every past woman, present woman, future woman mm. that's going to come into his life. There's mm. no rehabilitation there. Right. I'm so on fire about like, okay, we need to have men's circles. We need, I lead sacred mm-hmm. sexuality workshops. We need to talk about these things that we're repressing and the violence that we've experienced. Um, 
and get it out there so that this doesn't happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. What have you seen as far as your work in that space of like the change and like the pain that men are harboring? Yeah. What is a men's circle like? It's insane. So I started doing this in tandem with the festivals that I was being booked at to perform um, because I didn't feel like that message was getting across just clear enough. So I was like, here we go. We're going to do an incentive. Um, I like to start off the workshop with everybody has trauma. If you, no matter who you are, Mm -hmm. just by the gender stereotypes, by the marketing that we see, um, Mm -hmm. by pornography, Mm -hmm. every, like these are all traumatic for us as spiritual beings. And so we go through a process of individual, um, discovery within to look at, how was I traumatized by my parental conditioning? Mm-hmm. How was I traumatized by society? Where are my boundaries based on these violations? Where have my boundaries been crossed in the, the past? What do I need? What is heavy on my heart that I need to share with the group? And I found that just in the process of allowing that conversation to take place, I could see men that would typically just be like really hard and masculine, just soften and just be so overwhelmed with you know, the fact that people were listening to them and that they were hearing them and that they acknowledged that they have sexual trauma as well. Mm. Um, but I've also equally had men kind of be resistant to that and try to attack me and mm. try to bring me mm. down because Defensive. they see a powerful woman. Yes. Mm. And so they try to, you know, get in. So I've seen both spectrums. Mm. Mm. That's such important work. I remember having mm-hmm. a realization like a few years ago where, cause, cause my mission has always been, I want to change the world for women. Like since I was little, that's the phrase. I want to change the world for women. And then a few years ago, I realized, oh, I have to work with men. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way. Dang it. Damn it. <laughs> I actually remember it was on a plane ride that I realized it. I was journaling on a plane ride and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm here to work with men to help women by mm-hmm. healing men. Uh huh. I wrote a actually that Joe Biden um, asked to be written. I wrote a show about consent, traveled around to colleges, and it was so interesting writing that and performing it and um, doing it for kids who are uncomfortable talking about sex in general. And then you're talking about sexual assault, it's a very heavy thing. Um, But I learned that women's issues are actually not women's issues. They're issues Mm -hmm. that everyone is a part of. And like, we can't, yeah, to heal women, we can't just focus on women. We need to deal with the root issues. Same way with prison. We have to deal with the systemic racism and all of the fucked up shit that is happening in the system that is preventing us from moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hands up. Yup. (laughs) What are we going to do, you guys? I have my ukulele. Like, does that help with song? (laughs) It does. And that's that's the alchemy is transforming that pain into power. We can't just, you know, be Mm. like, oh, I'm going to sing a nice song because it's nice. We'll just put love out Mm -hmm. in the world. It's, It's taking that anger, that frustration, that pain, that sorrow, and turning it into art. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be love and light. I have a song called No One's to Blame that is just talking about the systemic racism, the violence. And mm-hmm. it's not like a love and light song, but it is kind of like 
hey, you know, like something needs to be done. We have to channel this hatred, this anger into something productive. What's that Mm going to be? So yes, anytime you're feeling sad, triggered, you know, fucking jam it out. (laughs) I'm actually wondering if uh, you would sing a song for us. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Anything you want. The song that has been coming through for me, it's not like recorded or anything, but this is kind of like my power anthem. Okay. Um, And just kind of is testifies to exactly what I was just saying. So (gasps) awesome. Um, I love it. So I hope you guys feel this. Ain't nothing bringing me down today. Ain't nothing bringing me down today. Come rain or shine by morning's light. I'll be staring at a brand new way. Oh, 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 Ain't no troubles in my sight. Ain't no troubles in my sight. My future's looking pretty bright. So there ain't no troubles in my sight. It's all all bright. Oh, 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 Lord, I know you see my heart. Don't you know I'm weary? But the oceans for me, you did part. And so your song I'll carry. And so your song I'll carry. Uh, <laughs> I have goosebumps at the end, the very end. Thank oh you. <laughs> yes. I love it. Gave me jewel vibes at one point where you're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> but that's the power like that's why I say like go don't go with what sounds pretty go with what's on your heart because Mm. that's what's going to be the most powerful that's what's going to really reach people because we all have this human experience and whether you're a survivor of sex trafficking or just a survivor of life Mm -hmm. you can relate to that emotion of wanting to overcome and fighting to overcome Mm-hmm. And so I think that when you sing and you, you testify to, Hey, like, yes, this is a struggle, but there is hope in this. It really like, it has an alchemical and healing effect for other people. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. What is your tattoo that's right here? Wait, oh, it- birds. Yes. <gasps> Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So this first one I actually got when I was 18, um, 
I've been in and out of like sober livings and things um, from a young age. So I believe I just graduated a sober living program and I was like, yeah, tattoo. Um, And then about like four or five years later, I was on a friend's Reiki table and she was like, it's time for you to get the other bird. Um, And what was very interesting about that to me was I, I am like, I come from like a Celtic, like a Nordic background. And Mm. so I really identify, I'm also a water sign. And so I identify with, um, kind of the sailors, they would get these birds after they had sailed, um, not a certain number of nautic miles. And Mm. so for her to say, Hey, it's time for your other bird. Like you're an accomplished sailor now. Um, to me, it was just like, Oh, okay. So, um, I got this (laughs) earned her wings literally. Exactly. (laughs) So I got this just before an ayahuasca ceremony in Louisiana. Um, and it's just very powerful reminder for me, just how far I've come and how far I have to go. Oh, can we talk more about the medicine? Like your <laughs> yes. experience? We love, we love getting into that on this show. Oh my gosh. Yes. Ayahuasca. My first album was totally inspired by ayahuasca. It, it was the first time I think I have felt like a primordial mothering nature, um, around me. And typically I puke and puke and puke and puke and puke. There's a lot of just shit I have, um, just trauma and just as an empath, like things I pick up from other people. So typically the first like hour to hour and a half of ceremony, I am just puking my brains out. (laughs) Um, but after like, I find my voice in the medicine is so it's the most in tune with spirit I have ever been. Um, I just feel like my ancestors guide and the things that have happened to my vocals like in ceremony have changed how I sing and how I yeah my art as a musician so how like Um, technically sort of or yeah absolutely there are some things you can do in the met there was this one time I think it was the most recent ceremony I had where my jaw I carry a lot of tension like in my jaw um I'm sure. Yeah. Like a lot of women do just cause we have a smile. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this, like in this ceremony, my jaw came, it felt like unhinged. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it was so psychedelic and mm. I was just like, I can't, I can't imitate it. It was vibrating so quickly. It was making these like crazy bird noise. Like it was like, but I can't really, I don't know. It was Ooh. like a song that was coming out. So I started to play with like jaw structure and vocal structure and, you know, getting, you know, the kind of that little, you hear my voice sometimes yeah. like all came from the medicine and it helping me to loosen up the tension that I held in my face and my vocal mm. cords mm. Um, and just the things I would hear in the medicine too. I would hear harmonies. I would hear like little angel voices that I was really inspired to recreate in my music. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so so cool. how, how has like your overall journey with the medicine been? Cause I know we have a lot of listeners who are like nervous, but they want, but they're interested in it. Like, was it, what was it like kind of from the first time to now it seems like you're a pro. 
I'm nervous every time. Okay. I know. I mean, I think that in order to have a healthy reverence and respect for the medicine, you should be nervous because this is an entity that can totally mm. kick your fucking ass and will. I mean, your ego does need to be rocked in a certain way. Yeah. And so everyone that I know that does the medicine, unless they're just kind of in it for the visuals, is respectfully nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> going into it. But I would say that if you're called to it, like if you have heard about it or if you're called to it and it's something outside of just some clout on Instagram, you know, then do follow it. There are churches like um, reputable churches in the US that you can go to. I'm part of one of them in Texas. Um, and it's just phenomenal. It, I do recommend that you find a community of people because the mm. biggest thing for me has been the integration, mm. um, doing the medicine in and of itself. It's it's an upheaval, right? Like I would never say that I've come out of it fully just being like, wow, I just feel awesome. Like I typically have a lot to process afterwards. Mm. And integration is a period of months where you're um, interested in integrating, I mean, I don't know what better word for it, those lessons into your day-to-day and without a community by your side to support mm-hmm. um, you tearing down those walls and those masks and supporting your new, it can be very jarring to just go back to your nine to five. Right. It sounds like a like, really intense therapy session. We're like, okay, yeah. I know what to do, but I'm exhausted. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know, in our, we're doing stuff online now. So if anyone's interested in getting connected to what a cacao ceremony might look like or what a integration meeting might look at look like we we go off certain topics and we each do a share so you're hearing members of the community share their experience and a lot of the times you realize like oh I'm not alone in that like Mm. I'm working through Mm -hmm. that that's going to be my buddy I'm going to keep in touch with them Mm. to encourage me to keep going with the growth because Mm. if you don't do that integration you're going to go let's say you do ayahuasca again it's going to be the same lessons and you're going to be puking for the same reasons Mm. and it's so frustrating so Mm -hmm. I would say that I've learned like now I used to go like religiously every six months and now I'm like hey I you know next time it calls me I'll go but in the meantime I need to keep working on what mama showed me in that Mm. I love it was there a visual or like a hallucination that you can still recall that was maybe the most transformative yeah, it's very interesting. My come ups are very visual. I would say that it lasts 15 minutes. So the majority of my <laughs> trip is the puking, and <laughs> the the breakthrough and the singing and the power that I feel after. Um, it's really beautiful. It tears down everything you're not and builds up everything you are. Um, but my very first ceremony was the strongest visual I had. And I remember watching the fire, it was outside and the fire was just looking like psychedelic. I mean, it was looking mm-hmm. like really rainbow. And then I looked up at the stars cause I started getting kind of like anxiety a little bit. Like I was like, this is sensory overload. I can't do this. So I started looking up at the stars 
And I noticed that they were all connected in a sacred geometrical pattern. <gasps> like it was kind of like the Hunger Games, like with the yes! dome over it. And I was like, oh my God, we're just living in a sacred uh-huh. dome. Uh-huh. I feel um, like we're living in the Truman Show dome all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And it literally is. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's all a simulation. This is all mm-hmm. just a sacred simulation. So mm-hmm. it was very powerful, but typically I know a lot of people do they're just like oh the visuals and I saw my grandma and then a panther and I don't get that a lot of my stuff is auditory um so I think it's different for everybody that makes sense um let's talk more about the sacred simulation because like I've heard the simulation theory but I want to hear sacred simulation theory <laughs> like let's just talk about what that could be like nobody knows let's just hypothesize I just like to think of it as like I don't know, the nature of everything is duality, right? So I like Mm. to think of consciousness as manifesting through us. And we're just having conversations of discovering ourselves, whether it's Mm. through a negative experience with someone or a positive experience. It's all reflections for our own deeper inner standing. Mm. And the more that we choose to look at that and the more that we choose, even if someone's being a complete asshole to me and I look at, oh, what what is this reflecting in me? Like, where do I fall short in my connections with people? It's really, I think it's just creation attempting to understand itself and if you look at it that way then it's really hard to be bummed out by any other person in the world (laughs) (laughs) you know I need more of that because my whole thing is like I get pretty disappointed in people and in Mm -hmm. the world um Mm -hmm. even though I'm an optimist um I'm also a nihilist so I'm like I call myself a smilist um (laughs) but like (laughs) but I get really really just disappointed, but I think it's because I see people's potential. I see, mm-hmm. ev- I see the potential for days in everything. I'm like, oh, it could be this way. You could mm-hmm. reach this thing. And then people disappoint me. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there any like- I think anything? that's about removing expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah, accepting. I have to have more <laughs> acceptance. Well, true. And also like I found a lot of power because I'm the same way. I believe in the best of everybody. I see, I feel like if someone's struggling, I could just say, well, just do this and this and this and you will get to your bodhisattva. Like it will be easy. And I realized that instead of projecting that externally, if I take what I'm seeing in somebody. So for example, let's say somebody is like, well, um, if if you, if you didn't spend $2,000 recording your album and you just donated that to the safe house to begin with, wouldn't this be a bigger thing, you know? And so the, the little things, right. And so how I choose to look at it is, okay, what is really say that to you? Yeah, I get, I get things like this, you know, like in what I have to look at, cause I can get really thrown off my spiritual game this way. I can get really dropped, drugged down into anger mm-hmm. into, you know, well, what are you doing for the world and all this? But instead, if I take this internal and I say, okay, what is this person most likely struggling with? They're likely struggling with insecurity that they are not doing enough. Okay. Well, how can I address that insecurity within myself? I can do the best that I can do to do enough and I can be content and in doing that. And I think that 
we're all a part of a collective consciousness, right? So even if I don't reach that person, which I wouldn't have managed to, if I was just like, well, bitch, like, Mm -hmm. if I can just have that peace in my heart that carries across in that ripples into the consciousness. And I believe that that will eventually have an effect in their evolution, Mm -hmm. regardless of if I'm the one saying the message or not. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I try to take everything as a reflection of me. How can I, um, look at this as something that mm-hmm. it's back into my control. It's a state that I can regulate. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a mirror. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like, you know, sacred simulation theory. There's theories that there's only one simulation running. Like this is all one person. And the idea behind that one is so everyone you meet or interact with is another version of you or an aspect of you. And basically it gets you to the same point of being like, Oh, I can't hate anyone because I can understand them because I have a little bit of them in me. Like, I think we're all living in our own simulation. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I love theories. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. But ultimately they're all true. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't know. We never know. We know that we'll never know. Yeah. Pisces. I'm a cancer. I love you. (laughs) I love cancers. I'm a cancer and I'm I'm a Scorpio. Oh, you're a cancer cusp? Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So I think that Scorpio rising is the only reason why I'm able to like get out there with it. Cause typically this would just be me in my Sensitive. blanket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but the Scorpio really gives me that fire to get, you know, to Old. yeah, express. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else do you Don't got? I know it. Third. Libra. Moon. Um, yeah. Justice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Love it. Wow, a Libra moon. I don't know a lot of, like, personally, I don't know a lot of Libra moons, but I would think that you're emotionally balanced or trying to get there. Like, I don't know. Very emotionally intuitive. Sometimes I get, like, out of whack with the emotions. I can really get, I tend to um, eclipse my emotions and not realize until I'm like super fucking depressed or like Mm. very anxious. Um, But meditation, I've been meditating since I was 15. So about 13 years now. Um, And that has helped so much with my ability to not only intuit what I'm feeling, but articulate Mm. Um, what needs to be said about it without just having a total meltdown. (laughs) (laughs) What's your ritual? Do you do it every day for a certain amount of minutes? I wish I used to, I used to do it every single day. Um, now it's at least once to three times a week. Um, I just like to sit and in silence, I like to focus on my breathing. I do a lot of visualization, um, as well, like just, envisioning things I want to manifest and circulating my breath through the chakras and like mm-hmm. an orbital kind of like back to the t- tantric or Kundalini tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like to do deep breathing, like through the womb. So, um, one of my teachers has taught like breathing in, um, expanding into your womb and breathing out draw and so like when you're breathing in you're kind of expanding the root as well down into the center of the earth mm-hmm. and when you exhale you're pulling up the energy from the center of the earth up into your heart and so that really helps me to get in tune with when i'm having trouble grounding mm. or just maybe just like clearing my mind um of because the buddhist technician is just like clear your minds don't have thoughts but sometimes i need like a practical visualization 
meditation um, <laughs> to ground me in my body, especially as a survivor, because our bodies mm-hmm. aren't the safest places to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. So to be able to relate it back, I'm breathing into this core of the earth, like mama has got me. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helps. And I do a lot of sex um, alchemy as well, like through masturbation. I like to dedicate the alchemy of my ritual to manifestations. Um, sometimes, especially like children that are enslaved or, you know, people are like, that's weird. You think of children when you masturbate and like, that's not at all the case. It's, it's kind of like working up that energy and cycling instead of it, just concentrating at the root mm-hmm. cycling up through the entire system. So that you feel a charge in the body. And when, you know, you're about to like complete, um, visualizing what you want to manifest. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's freedom. It's women being safe. It's, mm-hmm. Um, and I find a lot of solace in that too, just transforming, um, my sexuality into just like manifesting. Oh, mm. yes. So that's beautiful. sex magic. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I was thinking that exact word freedom or liberation, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. thinking of that when you're coming for all beings that are oppressed, that's the opposite oppression, you know, freedom and liberation. Yes. That's what we want. <laughs> Yep. Yes. Yeah. I recently did sex magic and I, I had the, I heard the call. I felt like I talked to God. I, I told Rachel after it happened, like it was an, a heavenly angelic experience. My orgasm was so good. And I was focusing on love will win because mm. this was right before the election. And then Joe Biden won. And you're all welcome. My sex magic worked for the country. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yes. And I love, like I tell people, if you're trying to manifest from a state of lack, it's not Mm -hmm. really going to go well. You're going to manifest. Manifestation is vibration. So Mm -hmm. the reason I like to do this with sex is because that's an innate pleasure that you can connect to. And if you can connect to the pleasure of receiving what's already, you know, it's going to be yours because it's yeah. you're, you're feeling that um and some people aren't comfortable with doing this in tandem with masturbation and i say okay well visualize yourself on the stage how do you feel um call that into your present awareness um but if you're using your sexuality it's just it's kind of like two birds one stone like you're mm-hmm. taking care of your body um and then you're also enriching the earth mm. I love that. What is your self-care like? That is a good question. I have recently begun personal training. Um, I found as an artist, I was getting burnt out a lot because I share a lot for my physical vessel um, and I wasn't giving much to myself in return. Um, So I'm meal planning now. I was eating about 1300 calories before and now I'm eating like 2000, 2200 calories, which is a big deal for me because I was always on the road. I would get maybe one meal a day. Mm. Um, So eating and then exercising, I do about 45 minutes of exercise at least four times a week. Um, And then when I'm not exercising, I just try to be in nature as much as possible Mm. because that really does give a lot to me energetically and just getting 
away from the screens, away from the noise, away from the stimulation helps me to fill my energetic cup more. So it overflows. So that has really been helping. Um, but without the eating right and the exercise, I honestly, it was such a burden to do things like this all the time. Cause I would just right? feel so depleted. I mean, truly you have to take care of yourself to take care of others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it sounds, it's so simple, but it's like, people need to be constantly reminded of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so have you ever had your cards read or had any spooky witchy experiences? Yes. I'm a lot. I have a lot of tarot reader friends. Um, of course you I do. Love <laughs> I love it. When I was manifesting my twin flame, there was one lady, especially who I would go and see. And, um, I'd have this new man and she'd be like, it looks like this is your false flame. And like, oh. Oh, 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 oh. so, um, I actually am partnered now with like the man of my life. So it did end up, um, but yes, I love it. I obviously, that's not my religion by any means, but I find it to be very affirming of where I'm at in my Mm. path. Well, that's beautiful. Wait, can you tell us how you manifested your dream partner? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. So actually in an ayahuasca ceremony, I felt the presence of this, man, like I was having a visual, it wasn't like anyone specific, but, um, I felt this hug and this energy. And at the time I was kind of pseudo seeing, you know, how narcissists are. They like to bait and hook you for like as long as they can. So I was kind of involved in one of those relationships. (laughs) And, um, after the integration, I was just like trying to call in that feeling that I felt that hug and that love. And it wasn't coming from this guy. So I was like, fuck it. I wrote his name on a piece of paper, Gregory. Okay. I hope he's watching this. I wrote your damn name. and (sighs) I put it in the fire. (laughs) And as soon as I burned his name, I felt that presence come back and hug me. And I was like, what the hell, what is this? And Honestly, I, that second time I was like, I think this is Jesus. Like, honestly, I think that this is like the divine masculine. Um, and so right then and there, I was like out loud. I was like, I want a man who has a job. He has a car. He has a community. He has a spiritual practice. He can see me. And I just started going off. I was like, God, this is it. And so I was just like, okay. And at that point I was so fucking done with men that I was kind of resigned. Like I had totally let go. And I was like, if this doesn't happen until I'm 35, Mm. awesome. Because I just want to do me. Like, I don't want to be tied down. And I ended up meeting him two weeks later. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Wait. And his name was Gregory. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah. That. Okay. Never again. No, never again. (laughs) Got it. Uh, My partner's name is Kyle. And um, he he really was like everything I asked for and more. Um, Just a beautiful, beautiful human being. Mm. It was awesome because when I met him, I definitely felt like a charge there. He he was kind of like, after we talked for a little while, he was trying to kind of like cuddle with me. And I was like, I got to go. And I left. Like, I was not having anything to do with this man. like fuck this shit like I'm done with false flames whatever um but we ended up talking and it was like a matter of a couple of months that we got together and we've been together for almost 11 months now oh beautiful I love timing. Right? yes 
is. Mm. So I'm about it. Just speak, you know, just speaking. Mm. I tell people like, write your, what you don't want and write what you do want. Um, burn the shit that's not working for you. That's so powerful. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. That's a synchronicity for me with, um, what you did with burning the name because, um, in my next therapy session, we're going to do EMDR on the name of somebody who sexually assaulted me. And I have to, I'm going to have to say their name, their full name over and over and reprocess it so that it becomes less stressful Mm -hmm. because I couldn't even say their name for a while. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to also burn it because that's going to add like the witchy side to it. Yes. Thank you for that. Absolutely. (laughs) And I put like with that burning, I put my hope because I had a lot of hope for this guy. I was kind of like for a year, I was kind of like, hello, you can kind yeah. of get in mm. on this. So I kind of like not only my anger, but also like all the love I had for him, everything. And so when I burned it, it just was total freedom. It felt amazing. <sighs> I love that. Um, well, we want to give you a card reading. Yeah, so do, <laughs> do you have a question for the cards today? Anything mm. specific or it can be general? oh that's a good question yeah like what yeah can I ask a question like on the behalf of others of course yeah okay I'm curious like what the children of the world most like what we can pray on behalf of the children of the world most for right now it's not clear question but it's yeah (laughs) clear (laughs) no I get it no beautiful like what do we need to know to help the children exactly what can we manifest together yeah Mm -hmm. okay I'm children are the future Mm -hmm. I'm going to the moon deck it's called queen of the moon oracle oh nice um and we will definitely get our answer oh yeah just feel like I need to shuffle because the world is shuffling around. <laughs> totally. In a good way. Yes. Finally. Okay, let's shift happening for sure. Shift. Yes. The shift. Also, how fucking cool Kamala Harris at the same time of the age of Aquarius and the divine feminine uprising. It's like it's all happening right now. I know. I Queen Kamala. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do a deep breath in. Okay, the cards definitely have an answer oh, for us. I was I like, I w- play. Oh, I was hearing like, ah, oh, like heavenly <laughs> play. Okay, we got it. We got our card. Oh my God, pleasure. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought you were going to say play, but that's still exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's like one in the same yeah. play and pleasure. Joy. We need to get back into joy and play and having fun and like feeling alive again. Yeah. Oh, Helping sh- the kids feel. Okay, alive. shit, you guys. Another card fell off and it is balance. Okay. Ooh. So we need both pleasure and balance. Nice. So, like mm-hmm. a, a good, see, okay, we need to bring the pleasure into balance because we've had so much pain and so much yes like grief and sorrow and we need vision pleasure mm-hmm. to balance it out yes the, the visual that came to me was just like hula hooping and doing art and the kind of pleasure that children like to like to have yeah innocent like yeah, yeah. you know what children have the right work to play balance <laughs> mm-hmm. they sure do they really do 
<laughs> okay, let's see what the book has to say. Yes, I'm gonna oh go to gosh. pleasure. Oh my god, you guys. The cards, which by the way were shuffled and were nowhere oh. near each other, are the cards 18 and 19. Whoa. Hey. Which is like right after being a kid, 18, 19, oh. you're like a young adult. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's like the threshold. Wow. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to sort of summarize these two. So, so pleasure. Are you taking life too intensively or too seriously? The time has come to call in the pleasures of life. Mm. Seek lightheartedness at this time. Focus on what would make you happy. Schedule in activities you find pleasurable. Mm. And the mantra is, I open myself to the pleasures of life. Ooh. Wow. I think I'm everyone smiling. could use that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. A reminder of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're allowed to feel good. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to read, I feel called to read this other paragraph of it. Mm-hmm. Our ancient ancestors knew the importance of pleasure in the forming of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. There were gods and goddesses dedicated to happiness and the pleasures of life, such as the Egyptian goddess Hathor. The temples of Hathor were joyful places full of songs and beauty. There were even small temples placed in her honor outside other major deities' temples so that people could be in a happy and contented mental mood before entering to worship. Mm. The Egyptians clearly believed that having a positive or relaxed state of mind Mm. assisted in having a positive spiritual connection. Wow. Mm. And sacred sexuality, which... Uh-huh. what your music is about oh my gosh uh-huh. um the companion stone for that one was turquoise okay so up your turquoise anyone yeah. listening yeah <laughs> and then okay let's go to balance the very next card <laughs> i just can't believe this yeah, that's cool. okay seek balance extremes of anything are rarely healthy or useful there may be an overreaction that has caused the issue ground yourself and allow your strength to rise from there. Mm -hmm. Be aware of where the imbalances in your life are at present. And the mantra is I seek and maintain healthy balance in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm. That spoke to like wind song, the um, visualization of the breath going through all the chakras and rooting down into the earth Mm -hmm. balance. Yeah. Grounding. Mm-hmm. Let's see I what the that. companion stone is for this one. I'm just curious. Bloodstone. Oh, cool. Hot. I don't have that, but now I want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one for the heart, too. It's mm. the blood. Um, it's good detoxifier. Oh. Nice. Okay. I didn't know that. I feel like I got to read this other paragraph too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Allowing ourselves a more considered and balanced view invites a true peacefulness into our lives. Something Mm -hmm. that many people crave in this incredibly busy and chaotic world. Mm -hmm. It actually says that. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. fitting. Balance allows us to understand that overwhelm isn't a place we want to visit, let alone Mm -hmm. set up home in. So be balanced. True. Yes. Mm. Damn. Yeah, we don't want to be in overwhelm this time. <sighs> no. Maybe no. balance with pleasure. 
Yes. And it can be overwhelming, like thinking of all, all the people that are in need. It can be mm-hmm. easy to just like be so upset about that, but to celebrate, you know, to think like, okay, I can invoke a state of pleasure on behalf of these people and send that energy to them. That's the biggest thing. Don't allow your state to be brought down by the suffering of the world. Meet that suffering with your enthusiasm, with your mm-hmm. love, with joy. your joy. Pleasure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. absolutely thank you for asking such a generous question for the collective yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah um and thank you so much for for reaching out to us because your story is so incredible and i know that so many of our listeners are going to be touched by your strength and yeah just you're incredible um where, where can people find you and listen to your music? Yeah. So my website is, I'm not on streaming platforms just because of the charitable nature of the music. You can stream it for free on my website. And if you choose to donate, you can do so there as well. Um, and that website is windsongmovement.org um, and then slash music, or you could just click on the music page. So again, that's windsongmovement.org beautiful and uh, you got that gram right instagram yes i'm a <laughs> wind song movement on instagram and i'm wind song on facebook and i have links to my media on the website as well so you can just get connected there she got the gram yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do a basic blessing to close it out so something mm. we're each grateful for today Oh, I'm grateful for my neon lights that I have going. I'm like really in the dark. Sorry guys, but my lights are from this job that I recently did. And it like turns my place into a nightclub. I love it. (laughs) Looks awesome. (laughs) (sighs) I'm grateful for, wow, fuck. I'm grateful for so much, but what's coming to mind is like, I'm grateful that I'm, a, I'm able to imbibe and not get addicted. Like how, mm. how fortunate am I that I, that I can, um, enjoy sort of like <laughs> alcohol and weed and, mm-hmm. and I'm lucky enough that I'm not addicted. I'm just grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm so grateful for the two new friends I made today. (laughs) I just feel so empowered and supported. um, And it's just so affirming to have these conversations with other women and know that I'm not the only one that's fighting to see change Mm. in this world. And I'm not the only one that knows how to use metaphysical practices to create that change. So I really feel like, I mean, this is a total Bible verse, but it's like where two or more are gathered. Like I totally believe in that alchemy that when we combine our hearts you know it it just ripples that much further so mm. you are my homies for life now yes, yes. power three yeah. <laughs> wind song you're totally in the coven hello <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, <you are>. awesome <laughs> thank you so much Witches, we already know that you love our show, so that means you're gonna love all of the other Soulfire production shows. We have a new one for you to check out with our friend Emily the Medium, and duh, you're gonna love it because you're listening to Basic Witches. Have you ever wondered if you too can connect with loved ones after they've passed, or do you feel intuitively guided and want someone to show you how to take your gifts to the next level? Well, Emily the Medium is yeah girl. 
And if you want someone to lead you beautifully in the steps needed to have conversations while channeling the divine and expanding beyond what is accepted as truth, Emily is your girl. She'll help you open your connection to source and learn to trust your innate abilities. And your other girls, us basic witches, will be appearing on the show very soon. So So definitely go check it out. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.